Hello and welcome to A Day Of, a podcast about Biffy Clyro. My name is Simon Dowling. The Vertigo of Bliss, the second album by Biffy Clyro, is seemingly a contentious one. To a lot of early Biffy fans, it is the absolute greatest, it's Biffy's best album, and a front-to-back masterpiece. But to audiophiles and some other folks, it's a bit of a jumbled oral wreck that could have really done with a bit more work. Biffy reunited with producer Chris Sheldon, and they recorded The Vertigo of Bliss at Great Linford Manor Studio in one single day. They had a week's session, but the band smashed it out in one day. I mean, they're a phenomenal live band, and capturing that sound isn't a bad idea, but to some fans, it was. The Vertigo of Bliss is named after a quote from the book I, Lucifer by Glenn Duncan, which had come out earlier in the year in 2003. The Vertigo of Bliss brings in a frankly huge sonic change to Biffy's output. To quote Simon Neal, We wanted to fuck with people. We wanted to make music that would make people feel uncomfortable, that was obtuse. We felt that anyone who penetrated the noise and the strange arrangements would truly understand our band. And I think that's maybe why a lot of people that connected with us connected so strongly. Where Black and Sky was 80% single ready and then 20% kill the old and stress on the sky, The Vertigo of Bliss is 80% what on earth is this crazy noise and 20% questions and answers and all the way down. It certainly suffers as a whole from being recorded in one day, not that there are mistakes at all on the album but it's just kind of tinny and weirdly balanced, but I'm not an audiophile so this wasn't really something that I ever cared about, it's just something that I've read about when researching this podcast. The songs are all absolutely unbeatable, so to me, they could sound like they were recorded on a Nokia 3210 across a windy field and I'd still absolutely buzz off them. We also kind of can't not talk about that cover art either. Designed by Milo Manara, it is provocative, and to put it bluntly, it's a woman masturbating. Juvenile, perhaps to some, but it's still rated in the 50 coolest albums ever by Shortlist, you know, the magazine that is free that you dodge in city centres when you're getting off the metro. I say some people call it juvenile, but Simon vehemently defends the band against that accusation. Again, to quote, I think because we were 20-year-old men or boys at the time, I think people took it as a bit of a schoolboy thing, but they're actually pieces of art, so we don't regret it for a second. And then also discussing the reaction from Australia, whose entire country seemingly rejected the album. And that was our first kind of lesson learned, perhaps that not everyone shares your perspective on life or what you value as art. Because we were naive enough to be taken by surprise, and then I was naive enough that when people started saying, oh, this is fucking schoolboy shit, I got really annoyed because I was like, it's not that. You're actually being schoolboy here by judging it on a shallow level. Milo also did the artwork for all the singles, and I have to say, I, I love it. And that's not just because I'm juvenile. The opening track, Bodies and Flight, sets the table really well for Vertigo of Bliss. Angular, with a number of different movements, and it has strings. The strings on the album were provided by the McCarricks, who also played with Susie and the Banshees, Gary Newman, and Patti Smith. But boy, does the opening of Bodies and Flight get me. 
When they played the BBC Radio 1 stage at Leeds Festival in 2007, I was kind of burnt out on seeing them, having probably seen them about 20 times in two or three years. And the setlist towards the end of that had become pretty puzzle-heavy leading up to the release and then following the release. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to watch from the back. Sadly for my friend and possible future guest Michael, they opened with bodies in flight. I charged through the crowd with a plum, lol, and stamped Canny hard on his feet in the process. Those three repeating hits on the guitar just before the shouting vocals come in and the whole band drops in do something to me like no other song I've ever really heard, except maybe Faster the Chase by In Me. I've got a real soft spot for that one. But those strikes are like a call to arms, whether that means, oh shit, we're listening to the vertigo of bliss, or whether it's live, it's an unbelievable treat at this stage in their career. The verse and chorus repeat twice, with the guitar jumping between picked wobbly riffs and big fat suspended chords. The pre-chorus again has those nice arpeggiated chords with nice bends at the end of each line. The drums fill it out with fills. The chorus is pretty simple as the song goes, it's just strumming in 6-4. My favourite drum moment by a mile is the little snare rim clicks as the violin and cello kick in about three minutes into the song. I mean, this is where the guitar is really at its tinniest mind, but the bass is doing a lot of the work following the melody along. I mean, the little tremolo picks and then subsequent little chunky guitars that come just before the crow from hook, basically. And then the strings return. They are a little out of time, but... Only if you're focusing in on that, and if you're going in thinking, oh, I'm going to look for the faults because this was recorded in a day. I mean, the end of the song is magnificent. Big bass, big riffs, big strings. Lyrically, the song is named after a fictional book within I, Lucifer, which I have not read, so perhaps the allusions go deeper, but I'm not aware. I'm really going to struggle with the lyrics on this album, I think, more so even than Black and Sky. We may really be at peak Simon nonsense during a lot of this album. I mean, let's look at two little chunks of lyrics from Bodies in Flight. When we collide, the air will rise. It's all that you will need it for before you go. And when you say love, I know that you mean hateful boulders of spite-ridden love decay. Answers on a postcard again, please. Yes, to pick out single lines and describe a meaning would be a bit of a pointless endeavour. I mean, they smoked a lot of weed when making this album. I think the bulk of the song is about a kind of fascist society where your only escape is your dreams. Feel free to choose what we want you, pairing with slip into your dreams and sleep well, my dear. It could be someone being put to death. Honestly, who knows? I mean, there are some really great lyrics here if you like that kind of nonsense, for want of a better word. The aforementioned hateful boulders, but also a mansion in an easy disguise of simple lies. The simple lies created when the day has worn you. There is cohesion there, but I don't think I can scratch at it. Vocally, the performances are my absolute jam. The growling screams litter the background. There is a lovely blend of shouting, screaming, and just those lush harmonies, particularly in the pre-chorus, when the harmonies only come in on the word collide. Oh, yum, yum. I lap that stuff up. Like I said, I'm not an audiophile. I still love it. I could listen to Vertigo of Bliss every day and never get bored. I mean, I probably did in 2005, 2006. 
I could also listen to Bodies in Flight probably once an hour and never get bored, I think. I haven't seen it live enough, if I'm honest. I caught them at the wrong time a lot. It was played so much more often before I was there. But I will see it again. I am determined. Thank you for listening to A Day Of. My name's Simon Dowling. You can follow on Twitter at A Day Of Podcast and you can email adayoffpodcast at gmail.com and please leave reviews on iTunes or wherever if you fancy it. You can also send in voice notes at anchor.fm slash adayof and you can also find links there to the podcast on all the different platforms. Again, thank you for listening.